Welcome, dear listeners, to another episode of Life And. This podcast is dedicated to true firsthand stories and engaging those storytellers in conversation to learn more about their lives and unique experiences. Each new season brings new tales, new storytellers, and a new central theme. This season, we turn our focus to the all too common and all too complicated topic of isolation. Welcome, listener, and thank you for joining us. My name is Tinye Verkaitis. I am the co-producer and host of this podcast, Life and Isolation. Courtney Phillips is a mental health advocate whose outreach initiative, Hope for Invisible Wounds provides resources and tools for those suffering from mental illness and substance use disorder. Reaching over 6,000 people daily, she works to provide a voice to the voiceless and makes invisible wounds visible through the power of storytelling. Crowned Miss Virginia for America in 2020, she uses her platform to promote what resources are available in partnering with organizations such as National Alliance on Mental Illness, World Federation for Mental Health, and Mental Health America. The last year has been one of transitions, setbacks, and letdowns for me um, beyond that of the pandemic. As a childhood trauma survivor, I thought each one of these small um, setbacks had been um, small and nothing in comparison and that I could just push through um, and keep moving um, until they hit me like a Mack truck. And sitting in isolation with nothing but my puppy Um, I really had to sit back and really learn the value of feeling my feelings um, and really value the meaningfulness of being in person and um, interactions of being with other people and learn the value of rest. And when I tell my story, I like to start by sharing um, like how I got here. Um, I was a childhood uh, in my childhood, I lost my my mother to cancer when I was seven, and that was kind of the start of my story. Um, that could be a very traumatic experience to anyone, um, but that was just the start of my traumas. Following that, my dad remarried, and his his wife, my stepmother at the time, um, was very abusive, both mentally and physically, for over seven years. Um, this was what has ultimately caused me to have complex PTSD. During that time, I also witnessed my father, um, dealing with PTSD and coping with, um, alcohol. Um, this was from being a police officer and the traumas that he witnessed. I didn't know that's what I was obviously witnessing at the time. A little bit later in life, I watched him pass away and um, from the alcoholism. He actually passed away from cirrhosis of the liver. Um, At the age of 24, I was asked to come to the hospital 
and told that I had that he had two days to live. At that point, I had no concept for what he was going through. I had only witnessed signs and symptoms. And I had my first panic attack. Now, in hindsight, all of those things are very obvious as a mental health advocate who is aware of these type of things. But when that is happening to you, you only know what's right in front of you. And that is that this event is just happening and that you're losing your father who you're very close to. Um, as a pageant competitor at that point in my life, I had just graduated from graduate school, had a wonderful job, and was on the stage at Miss Texas USA that year. After that event happened, I was wholly unable to take care of myself. So this is at 24. Now you're listening to me speak at 37 years old. And that brings me back to where I started the story. And a year of transitions that have not been very great for me. So I had taken myself from a place where I had been unable to take care of myself and built myself back up with the right coping mechanisms and professional care to where I was back at the top of my game, supporting clients for the federal government, competing in pageants again with state titles, placing in national pageants and owning a home in the Washington DC area and really at the top of my game. And then life started hitting me. I was getting a divorce and I had to move out of my home. That was the first place I ever felt safe in. And if you know anything about, um, mental illness and childhood trauma, you know that safety in your home is something that you don't have when you have um, those kind of things that I described from my childhood. That home that I owned was the first home I ever felt safe in. So even though it wasn't like I didn't lose it, it was essentially taken from me in a way because of the divorce. And then I moved into an apartment And I lost my job at the start of the pandemic. So I found myself with financial insecurity. The 10-year marriage had been crumbled. I I had lost the safety of my home. And I I rushed home to my family in Texas. Um, And I only had, I was prepping for a pageant. And I was running on the beach. We at in Texas, and I broke my foot. And I know that sounds like out of all of those things that I just listed, including the childhood traumas, to be the last thing that would be the thing that would be the straw that breaks the camel's back. But it was because it was the thing that took the only carrot I had in front of me away, and I felt like I had nothing left. Um. Because even though it was just a pageant, it was the only thing I was working towards at the time. And I remember sitting on the swing at my aunt's beach house. And she said, sometimes God lets the air out of your tires because you need to slow down. And I felt like I didn't know how to stop. 
And one of the things that I have always struggled with my entire life has been this utter need to prove to myself and to everyone else in the world that I, I, I belonged. Whether it was getting that pageant title, whether it was doing the best in my job or being promoted or with my appearance or whatever it was. And I, everything was taken away and I couldn't, I couldn't prove myself anymore. And I had to sit down and slow down and feel my feelings. And I, that summer with the broken foot sitting was, was probably the lowest lows I've ever been in. Out of all those emotions I've felt my whole life, I never let myself feel the divorce. I never let myself feel the house, feel like how horrifying it feels to lose your job, even though it had to do with the pandemic. When when you're a perfectionist, something like that really affects you. Um, And that kind of thing, I was like, well, if you have gone through childhood trauma, you've been a childhood abuse survivor, you lost both your parents, these things are nothing. When realistically, every one of those things are another trauma that you've been hit with. And so I, I say all this to say that learning those lessons was to stop putting this toxic positivity on life that you can just push through and put a spin on things. And to sit in that moment, you can't sit forever, right? But to sit in that moment and to truly feel your feeling and to process it so that you can move through it and to see what you've learned from it. Um, And then to really value those meaningful interactions. Because if I hadn't gone home to be with my aunt, I don't know what would have happened to me. Because I was sitting in my apartment in D.C. completely alone with just my dog and just entirely devastated. And I, I still don't know to this day, like she pulled me out of it, just being there with her through that. Um, so yeah. And I think that I, I like to leave people with one thing and it's something that I've learned throughout my whole life. And it doesn't matter what you're going through, no matter how horrible, whether it be an illness or a trauma or abuse, um, that this feeling that you're feeling, this thing that you're dealing with, no matter how long it feels like it's in front of you, no matter how overwhelming it is, try to remember that it is just a moment in time. It's just a fraction of your life. And that when you think about how long you're on this earth for, it is just a, it's just a moment and you can get through, especially if you reach out to people that you know are safe to be around. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Your story was great. And I especially love how you ended with that kind of blip in time, because I tell my children that all the time. And of course, for them right now, it means nothing. But I think as you get older, you begin to see how time is relative, really. Right. I, I, Really, like, I think I was asked one time when I was, I shared my story and they said, if you could talk to yourself when you were seven years old and you were going through that abuse, what would you tell her? And I think that is when it hit me and I realized that that was something that would be valuable to anyone in any situation. 
that it the seven years is a really long time. But when I look back, like there's been so there's been decades since then that yeah. have been so happy. There's been so many happy moments, but I couldn't have seen the forest for the trees in that moment. And it would have been nice to know that and to be able to feel that. So I think there's a lot to be said about childhood trauma. I mean, I myself have had some childhood trauma. And I think one of the things I had to tell myself at some point, it was like, you are allowed to mourn for that child, right? There's Mm -hmm. certain things she lost that Mm -hmm. she can never get back. And being able to mourn for myself, I think Mm -hmm. was a very powerful tool. Do you think that your trauma caused you to put up barriers or always be the strong one, so to speak? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I um, I talked with my therapist about this probably like six or seven months ago, and we came to the conclusion that when I was younger, there were red flags everywhere in every aspect, and now I there I'm in a space where things are safe, but I'm trying to put them everywhere. So right. it's almost like an avoidant personality like that I'm trying to put on, but I want to, I want to be safe, but I want to, I want to flee to safety, even though I'm in safety. Yeah. It's also kind of interesting that you broke your foot while running on the beach and I'm not laughing at you. It's just interesting to me how you were literally running from change <laughs> and that feeling of not belonging in this world that you created for yourself, right? Because it was no longer there. And yeah. talk about air out of your tires. Uh, literally. So I, when you said that, I thought, wow, okay, there you go. That's when life gives you that message, right? Like, girl, you got to slow down. <laughs> you can't run away from this. That is 100% what happened. I... I couldn't believe it. And then, you know, at the urgent care, he said, do you know how many injuries like this we've been seeing during the pandemic? People thinking that they can do things that, they, that they've never done before. <laughs> that is really interesting. What do you think you learned about yourself when you finally had to slow down and take stock, right? Besides feeling your feelings, because I think that is very important. But was there any key thing about yourself you walked away with that was new? I think the biggest thing is that I will put 17,000 things on my plate as a yes person, as a people pleaser, as a perfectionist to and just keep going. And it's part of the not feeling your feelings if you're constantly in motion and you're constantly achieving and I'm, I never slow down. So it's, it all ties into the rest thing. So being like stopped by the world with the pandemic in isolation or because of my foot or whatever it is, it's like all of a sudden you can't do things. I myself personally started feeling like a failure. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you think now you manage to not let feelings and your experiences define you? I mean, I think that's a daily challenge. (laughs) I'm still working on that. Um, I think I've been trying to work on separating achievements and 
accolades from who I am and my personality and like being able to separate that. And I think I'm, I've actually, I'm kind of proud of myself. I went to nationals recently and placed top 15 and the first day after I was devastated, like so upset with myself that I, well, I mean, obviously that I didn't win, but like, I can't believe I didn't make top six or top three that I didn't get to answer the question and do better, like prove to them that I could step forward. Like, I can't believe I didn't walk better or shine better. Like I was speeding myself up. But then after I thought about it, I'm like, I was top 15 out of 50 most beautiful women in the country and smartest and most well-achieving and like best and brightest. Like that's really good. And I, one in one day, I, I made myself, I, you know, I had to, I had to, to think through, you know, I had to use my logical brain. Whereas, you know, most of the other women were like gloating that night. And I was yeah. like sitting there, like having to force myself a smile. And so it took me a day and it's that overachiever piece that, you know, maybe it'll be a lifetime. Maybe I'm learning in my healing. So I'm just curious since your time with your family and your aunt helped you gain some of this wisdom, I love the fact that she said that saying about taking air out of your tires. Does she have any other nuggets that maybe you repeat to yourself on a daily basis? Oh, on a daily basis? I don't know. Um, She's just the one that I go to for everything. She kind of has stepped in. I mean, she's been there for me all along, but since my dad passed, um, for anything. So, um, I don't know that there's a nugget that I would be able to go to right now, but if I needed anything in any way, I just go to her. Well, Courtney, thank you for sharing your story. Um, I think you've given us some nuggets as well about not beating ourselves up and accepting ourselves for who we are. None of us are perfect and none of us will ever be, but thank you for sharing your story. Absolutely. This podcast can only grow with your support. We love bringing these stories to you and will continue to do so as long as we can. If you've enjoyed your time with us, please take a few moments to like, follow, review, and share this podcast wherever you're listening. A few moments of your time can ensure we'll maintain this podcast for yet another season. And on a personal note, I'd like to send a big shout out and thank you to my brother, DJ Williams, for creating the music for this podcast. Until next time, listeners, remember to breathe and make time for stories, yours and others.